You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. separate to God, and that means we must separate from other things. If you separate to God, you must separate from other things, sometimes other people. You must separate yourself. You can't really say yes to God's call in your life until you say no to the things that keep you from that call. You can't be saying, yes, yes, Lord, send me, send me. Oh, not there. No, no, not there. Uh, I certainly don't want to talk to that person, and I'm not even going near that person. You can't be choosy. You can't support two rival teams. You have to choose one or the other. Apple versus Samsung, Coke versus Pepsi, the Yankees or Red Sox. Likewise, Pastor Dave teaches you that you can't choose both God and things or people that go against God. Choose to say yes to God, even if it means saying no to people close to you. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 18 as he continues his message, Dedication, Sanctification, and Consecration. start out raw, unfinished sap. I know, who you calling a sap? We could have been tossed aside as worthless, but God knew what he could make out of us. He knew what he could do with us, so he sought us and he found us, and his skillful hands began to transform us into something precious, something sweet, something pure, something useful. In the long and often painful refining process, it brought forth this purity and it brings back a genuine discipline or a genuine time that we can so be so easily distinguished from the cheap imitation. There's so many of them out there. You see, our outward sanctification is a process. Our outward sanctification is a process. When we believe by faith in Jesus Christ and we accept him into our life, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and we are sanctified immediately. We are made holy. Boom. Immediately. But it doesn't look that way sometimes because I'm still me. And it has to come out. From the minute I'm born again, from that point on, the Holy Spirit begins this process of conforming us into the image of Jesus. And as we submit to the Lord through the Holy Spirit, we're changed. And we begin to change outwardly. And our actions start to show something different than what we were. We're becoming sanctified outwardly. We're showing the world what happened inside. And it's coming out. We're changed. David Gusick says, our participation in this eternal plan is essential. It's reflected in its goal that we might be conformed to the image of his son. And this is a process that God does with our cooperation. It's not something he just does. Oh, it's done on the inside. But to get it done on the outside, God needs your cooperation. What does he need from you? Submission. He needs you to submit to his will. He needs you to submit to his love. He needs you to submit and yield to the power of the Holy Spirit and its influence. We used to sing a song. I think it was made popular by Mary Barrett from Merritt Island. The words of it are, 
and I will serve no foreign god nor any other treasure. I used to love that song. I will serve no foreign god nor any other treasure. And this is what it means to be sanctified. It means that my life is now dedicated. There's that word. It means that my life is now dedicated unto the service of God. And as I grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, I am changed from within. And that new creation I've become, that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that new creation that I've become now starts to manifest itself outwardly. And people start to see it. How come you don't do that anymore? How come you're not this way anymore? Boy, you've changed. What's different in your life? I'll tell you what's different. I have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's what is different in my life. In other words, my actions start to match my beliefs. To put it on the street terms, my talk matches my walk. People can see it. Oswald Chambers said this about sanctification. In sanctification, the one who has been born again deliberately gives up his right to himself to Jesus Christ. Giving up or submitting, that submission that I talked about. Our sanctification comes through faith in Jesus Christ. When you come to a true understanding of your salvation, you want to live your life exclusively for him. You have to come to that true understanding. Then... When you've come to that true understanding, you want to consecrate your life to God. The third word, consecration. To consecrate means to declare or to be set apart, to dedicate solemnly to a service or a goal. It can also mean sanctification. This is something we choose to do, consecrate. We choose to do it. We choose to consecrate our lives to the Lord, to dedicate our lives to his service. We declare that we are now set apart for him. And our actions are now a result of our choice. Our actions now reflect what has happened within us as we live out our life dedicated to him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. A young lady was speaking to an evangelist about our consecration. She said, I dare not give myself wholly to the Lord because he might send me out to China as a missionary. The evangelist said, if some cold snowy morning a little bird should come half frozen pecking at your window seeking shelter and would let you take it and feed it, thereby putting itself entirely in your power, what would you do? Would you grip it in your hand and crush it or would you give it shelter, warmth, food, and a care? A new light came on the girl's eyes. She said, oh, I see now that I can trust God. I can trust God for everything in my life. I can give him my entire life. I can consecrate myself to him. My choice is to give him everything I am. Two years later, she meets the same evangelist. She reminds him of the conversation that they once had. And she told him she had completely given herself to the Lord. She completely devoted herself and dedicated to God. She consecrated herself to God. And her face lit up with a huge smile. And she says, and guess where he's sending me? China. See, see the difference? I hope he doesn't send me to China. Oh, I don't want to go to China. But then she gives herself wholly to God. And now he's sending her to China. See, that's what happens. We give ourselves wholly to God, and he uses us when we give our whole life to Jesus Christ without measure, and we put ourselves in complete submission to his will, we will serve him when he calls without hesitation. There'll be no questions. Only yes, Lord, 
and followed by obedience to his call. We read that today in Isaiah 6, when his iniquities were taken away, when his sins were purged, and when when he heard the call, who shall I send? What was the answer? Here am I. He was ready for the call because he realized what had happened in his life. He realized his salvation. So we have these words, dedication, sanctification, and consecration, and we have their definitions, and we can see that from these three words that they're somewhat interchangeable. They're somewhat used in the same context. When you look at these three words, there is a common thread. Did you catch it? Did they catch the common thread? Interesting, the same two words appear in each definition, and those words are set apart. They appear in every definition. The phrase set apart means to be put in a specified position or state, to be placed in a specified position or state, and it carries a connotation of selecting someone for a specific purpose. Selecting someone for a specific purpose. The Bible speaks of God sanctifying the seventh day. That is, it was a day to be set aside for God. No work was to be done, but our minds and our hearts would be turned toward him during that day. When you're not working during that day, your heart and your mind are supposed to be guaranteed set on God. That's what it was called. It was called the Sabbath. Even the vessels that were used in the temple, they were sanctified and consecrated to God, which means they were set aside for the rest. They weren't used for anything else. They were not allowed to be used for anything else because they only had one purpose and one purpose only. is to go into the temple and to be in the temple and to be used for the purpose of sacrifice. They were set apart. But the phrase set apart can have two connotations, one negative connotation and a positive connotation. Negatively, if you're set apart, it can mean isolated. It can mean detached. It can mean secluded or even alone. This is not what we've been set apart for. But when we look at the positive connotation, we see the meaning of hand-picked with a special purpose. Hand-picked with a special purpose. Now that's God's way. When we come to him through faith in Jesus Christ, we are set apart. We are separated from the world. We're not separated and set apart by our physical appearances. Darn it. We're not separated by our physical strengths. We're not separated by our intellect. Thank you, Lord. We're not set apart by the changing of our thought patterns and positive directions. No, we're set apart solely by the Lord as we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Why are we set apart? We are set apart for a common lifestyle that has been predetermined by God with his purpose in mind. The psalmist David says in Psalm 4, verse 3, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call him. The Lord has set us apart for what? For himself. He has set us apart to be pure. He has set us apart for his service. He has set us apart for his pleasure. We are his children. We become godly when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. We become born again and God says, now I'm going to separate you to me. I'm going to take you out of this world. You are mine. You are my children. I'm going to bring you into my family. And he takes us and he puts us into himself. As we look at today's scriptures, in Acts 18, 18, I can see these three words. Maybe they're not written down. But nevertheless, we can draw some conclusions about the apostle Paul and his dedication, his sanctification, and his consecration to the Lord. Verse 18 simply says, we'll read it again, 
So Paul still, so Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Chantria, for he had taken a vow. Back in Acts 18.11, we talked about Paul staying in Corinth for a year and six months teaching the word of God. But it says here that he still remained a good while. The still remain refers to after the problem with the Jews. After the time he spent before Gallio at the judgment seat. He remained there even after that, even after the continued threats, even after the beating of Sosthenes, even after the violence that was directed towards his body, and go back further, even after what happened in Iconium, what happened in Lystra, what happened in Philippi, and all those other places, even after that, he continued to preach and teach the word of God. He continued on to do that which God had called him to do. Paul was dedicated to what the Lord had called him to do. Listen to what he says in Acts 26. We'll get there someday. In Acts 26, verses 19 to 23, he says this. He's standing before King Agrippa. And he says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do the works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Paul simply declares in front of this king, I have a dedication to my Lord. I haven't deterred from that at one time. I was not disobedient to what he had called me to do and commanded me to do. Paul had been set apart by God. Paul had been set apart by the Lord. If you look at the first verse of 1 Corinthians 1, the first verse of 2 Corinthians 1, the first verse of Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, and 2 Timothy 1, they all say the same thing. Paul, called to be an apostle by the will of God. Paul was called by God. He was set apart to become an apostle. It wasn't man's will. It wasn't Paul's will. It was God's will. And it was God's will that he declared the gospel to the Gentiles. It was God who called Paul. And it was Paul, in turn, then dedicated to that call. He devoted himself, even during times of trouble. He says that during those times of trouble, guess what? God strengthened me. God was there with me. And I got my help from God. Paul was committed to the course that God had laid out for him, regardless of the outcome of his life. Can you say that? God is a course for your life. God, are you committed to that course and serving him, regardless of the outcome? Regardless of what happens in your life, regardless of the circumstances, are you committed to the Lord, walking in that way with the Lord, dedicated to him? Because what he's done for you. We have to ask ourselves, am I committed in that way? to God. Paul committed his life. One of our definitions of dedication was to commit it to a particular course of action. Paul knew what he was called to do, and he committed himself to that. And he kept his focus on that. Jesus had his face like a flint to the cross. When he came to earth, he knew exactly where he was going. He knew exactly what he had to do because he was dedicated to what the Father had sent him to do. And I thank God for that. I thank him for that, for being so dedicated, for coming down for me and saving me. 
So the scripture says after many months in Corinth, Paul decided to leave. He says, then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria with Priscilla and Quilla. Paul's time in Corinth had come to an end. Many think that Paul had had his full of the depravity and the uncleanliness of Corinth. And this caused him to take a vow and consecrate himself before the Lord. They believe that the intense worldliness of Corinth made Paul want to express his dedication and separate himself to the world more than ever. So Paul left. The Lord had called Paul and set him apart for a special purpose. I want you to go and take the message to the Gentiles. He had stayed in Corinth a long time. Many, many things were happening in Corinth. A large church was being formed. A beachhead in Europe. A large magnet church was being formed. Many people were getting saved. But the Lord was saying, Paul, I've called you to other things. I've called you. There's more people that you need to talk to. There's more people that you need to see. It was time for him to move on and come to into the ministry and continue in the ministry that the Lord had had for him. You know how difficult it is to leave a thriving fellowship and answer the call of God? It's extremely difficult to leave a thriving fellowship and answer God's call when he calls you out to something. It's a choice that only you can make when God calls you. Remember Philip in Acts 8? When we studied Acts 8 years and years ago? He was in the middle of a revival in Samaria. People were getting saved left and right. Mighty, mighty things were happening. All kinds of things were going forward as God's word continued to advance and the Samaritans were coming to the knowledge of the Lord. And Philip is in the middle of this. He's seeing people getting saved left and right. This must have been a wonderful time. It must have been a time of excitement, a time of fun. You know what it's like when somebody's accept the Lord. Angels in heaven rejoice. Whoa, we're all excited and happy. Can you imagine a revival where everybody's getting saved? In the middle of that, there's a tap on his shoulder. What? It's the Lord. I want you to go to the desert. Wait a minute. The action's here, Lord. No, no, no. I want you to go to the desert. Lord, the action's right here. Everybody's getting saved. No, no, no. I want you to go to the desert. Okay, Lord. Here am I. Send me. And he went to the desert for one person. One person. God sent him to the desert for one person, the Ethiopian reading Isaiah, wondering, who's the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or another? Mm, That's your opening, Paul. Holy Spirit says, get him. Paul explains the gospel to him. The man becomes saved. He gets baptized right there. And the Ethiopian returns to his country, Ethiopia, born again. Leave the rest to your imagination. Philip was set apart for that particular thing. He was set apart by God and called. Paul was set apart. Paul was separated. Remember back in Acts 13 where they're at the church in Antioch? The Holy Spirit said to the church, now separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work I have them to do. They were separated. They were called out. Before Barnabas and Saul could do anything great for the Lord, they first must be separated to him. They were set aside. They had to be set apart. If we will separate to God, and that means we must separate from other things. If you separate to God, you must separate from other things. Sometimes other people. You must separate yourself. You can't really say yes to God's call in your life until you say no to the things that keep you from that call. You can't be saying, yes, yes, Lord, send me, send me. Oh, not there. No, no, not there. Uh, I certainly don't want to talk to that person. And well, I'm not even going near that person. You can't be choosy. You can't be picking and choosing when, when you want to be separated for God. We make the mistake. 
and we're influenced so much by the world. We need to be set apart. We need to be separate. We need to be different. You know, Paul warned Timothy to shun vain and profane babblings, and he said, if a man will cleanse himself from these, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use. We all want to be fit for the master's use. Every one of you is born again. Your deepest desire is to be used by God. Your deepest desire is that God would use you some way, somehow. We need to cleanse ourselves from the sin. We can't cleanse ourselves. We have to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But we also have to cleanse ourselves from the world, the worldliness, and the effects it has on us. Sometimes to be a vessel, one must separate himself, answering God's call. So we looked at dedication. We looked at sanctification. How about consecration? Remember, our definition of consecration is to declare or to be set apart, to dedicate solemnly to a service or goal. It can also mean sanctified. It's something that we choose to do. We declare that we're going to be dedicated to the Lord. We consecrate ourselves. We declare this. We're going to be dedicated to the Lord. Paul took a vow. Paul took a vow. He says he had his hair cut off at Chantria for he had taken a vow. Most scholars agree that the vow Paul had taken was that of a Nazarite. You can find all about that in number six. Read it up for yourselves. The Nazarite vow. But there is some disagreement as to why he took it and his motives behind taking the vow or why he took the vow in the first place. That is not the context of our study, although it would be a good time for study. But since the vow was completely voluntary, Paul was not abandoning grace for the law when he undertook it. And we have to make one thing perfectly clear. The vow was not a matter of salvation. It was not a matter of salvation. It was a matter of personal devotion to God. It was not a matter of salvation. By taking this vow, Paul now consecrates himself before the Lord. He gives himself completely to the Lord. He vows to be dedicated to the Lord, to be set apart to the Lord. We're not told why he did, but he did. Maybe it was a special dedication to God for for being with Paul during those times in in Corinth when it was difficult. Maybe the depravity and the uncleanliness of Corinth got to Paul, and he felt he had to go back and get right with God. Did that ever happen in your life? When things were going pretty bad, and and maybe you, I really messed up. I really did some some things I really shouldn't do. My walk's not not what it's supposed to be. What do you do? You run back to God. You run back into God's loving arms and you go, okay, Lord, help me, forgive me. You you consecrate yourself. I want to do this. I'm choosing to do this, Lord. I'm choosing to follow you. Help me. Maybe Paul did that. Maybe it was just, thank you, Lord, for helping me in Corinth. Thank you. The Lord had made a new stronghold in this dark place. I felt like that before. I thought, oh, man, did I blow it. Oh, man. Jeez, they're going to think I'm a real Yahoo. Oh, my gosh. And I crawl back to the Lord on my hands and knees and say, Lord, I, I want to live for you. Help me out. You saw me. You go in it. And what does the Lord say to me? Oh, yeah, little faith. That faith, believe. You are a Thank you for joining us here today on A Sure Hope. In this series, Pastor Dave has been teaching through the book of Acts. This book follows the journeys of many disciples, but especially of the Apostle Paul. He took several missionary trips to tell others about Jesus, and he acquired many companions along the way. 
Wouldn't it be interesting to be a traveling missionary? He met many people who readily accepted the message he was bringing. In other cities, his life was threatened and he was pushed out as people didn't want to hear about the way. But being a Christian isn't meant to just be an easy road. As Paul's life displayed, you go into it knowing that there will be obstacles that you face. Is it worth it, you might ask? Of course it is. The prize that you'll be rewarded is far more precious than the things of this world. Staying true to Jesus, who gave up everything for you, is the best way you can live your life for Him. We're so glad we got to spend time with you today. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. If you're in the area, we'd love to see you on Sunday mornings. Check out AssureHopeRadio.com for service times and directions. Once again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. And don't worry if you can't make it in person. On the website, you'll notice links to our live stream via Facebook and YouTube. All of these can be accessed through AssureHopeRadio.com. Don't forget to come back next time as Pastor Dave continues to go through the book of Acts again, right here on Assure Hope.